Ashhadu an Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-nadheen astafa Amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim Wa min ayatihi an khalaqa lakum min anfusikum azwajan litaskunu ilayha waj'ala baynakum mawaddatan wa rahma Wa qala an-nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam khayrukum khayrukum li ahlihi wa ana khayrukum li ahlihi أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected on my ikram, brothers and elders. Just as Islam puts great amount of emphasis on the aspects of ibadat, for example, which is fundamental, which there is no compromise on in terms of the faraiz, the five daily salah, fasting in the month of Ramadan, and then upon those that zakat is due and compulsory for them to discharge their zakat. And if somebody hajj is compulsory upon him to fulfill the hajj, these pillars of Islam, the amount of emphasis that is upon this is well known and is discussed from time to time and has to be continuously discussed and understood. But just as there's emphasis on ibadat and likewise emphasis on correct dealings, that a person should deal in his transactions in a proper manner, honestly, in an upright way, within the limits of shariat, not transgressing the bounds of Allah Ta'ala in any way. Similarly, there is the aspect of mu'asharat and the part of deen which is known as mu'asharat, social life. Because while there is emphasis on ibadat, which is fundamental and dealings, etc., a very, very great amount of emphasis is placed on there being a healthy society. A healthy society is a society where there are values. People have values of deen, of amanat, of trustworthiness, of honesty, 
of consideration, of kindness, of humility, of uplifting one another, values, many, many issues that have been discussed in the Qur'an Sharif, in the Hadith. A society that lives by values, the West and the materialistic world, the emphasis is on valuables, that there must be a very, very healthy economy that is a successful community. The community, the country, and whatever, if there's a very healthy economy, then everything is the economy. And everything can be sacrificed for the economy. The whole family system also can be broken apart, and the whole family system can be totally disintegrated, so that the economy thrives. So that is the price that is paid for the economy to thrive. And then the biggest uh, are the children who get left in homes where there's nobody to take care of the real emotional needs of the child because everybody is busy making the economy thrive. The father is busy making the economy thrive. Likewise, the mother is making the economy thrive and the children are in some commercial care. So the very great emphasis in deen is, in deen is halal earning. Halal earning. And halal earning from shufi manaki biha wa rizqi. This is not the topic, it just has come up by chance, but nevertheless, halal earning, Allah Ta'ala says in a moderate way you make your effort. No way deen teaches us to chase behind it. But yes, where there's great amount of emphasis is building a healthy society. And that healthy society is built up when there's a healthy home. Healthy homes are the building blocks of the healthy society. And that with that good relationship between spouses. If there's a good relationship between spouses, then that will filter down to the children, filter down to all in that home. And that will now, those healthy homes, that will become the building blocks of this healthy society. And otherwise, there's a broken down society. And a broken down society, we don't need to go into the details, the Western society, what has become of it. And to the extent we are going down the same route, Allah forbid, we are also facing the same problems. So coming back to the actual topic, this is a continuation of the topic that had commenced last week. The topic was about Nabi Kareem sallallahu being the ideal husband. Now this is linked to what we were just talking about, that that home being a home which is filled with happiness, with good values, with a good relationship between the spouses, there's good bond and mahabba and love between all the members of the household. It's a home. It may be a very small home. It might be a hut also, but it's a home. Not that it is a empty house, meaning though people are living in it sometimes, but it's very feeling very, very empty, very cold. It's devoid of what a home is all about. That good bond, relationship, that love, that kindness, that compassion, that consideration for one another. Everybody looks forward to coming back home. Person has had a long day, and those at home also are looking forward to who's coming back home. Because all these are the building blocks of the home, the good way in which everybody conducts themselves. So now there's many, many dimensions to this, but the one dimension is how to be a good husband. So does it happen only by somebody being a good husband that there's a good home? No, no, it happens. There's two hands to clap, obviously. Both parties have to play their role. Just as the husband has to be a good husband, the wife also has to be a good wife. 
But right now we are talking in the masjid to ourselves. So this is our topic. When the sisters are advised, then that is the topic that is discussed and the advice given to them. So the topic that was commenced already last week was how to be this good husband in the light of the Mubarak seerah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because they cannot be a more perfect example and let alone a more perfect example. No example can come one fraction close to the perfection that he presented in every aspect of life. And just as he pre- presented perfection in everything else, he presented the example of how to be the best husband also. And he said it clearly. And a claim that was 100% to the T. خَيْرُكُمْ خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِهِ وَأَنَا خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِهِ The best among you, meaning on the level of being a spouse, a husband, the best among you is the one who is best to his wife. Obviously within the limits of Sharia. And then to highlight this, Nabi Islam, I'm the best from everybody to me or come close to that. So this is the most beautiful example that Nabi Kareem Wasallam himself spelt out. So we don't need to go anywhere else for any kind of lessons. We didn't, don't need to go for some kind of counseling elsewhere. Our counseling is from the Mubarak Seerah. Our counseling is from the most beautiful example of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So there is no better way to understand this than in the life, in the light of some incidents from his Mubarak life. Many incidents we discussed last week, just to touch on the two or three more incidents. On one occasion, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam came to the house of Hazrat Sayyida Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, and it was after the Isha salah, it was late. He came, he spent some time, and then he lay down on the bed. And after a short while, when he thought she had fallen asleep, so he thought she had fallen asleep, but she had not fallen asleep yet, she was awake. Now sometimes a person is somewhere halfway between sleeping and still being awake, so you're fully conscious of what's going on around. So now she's relating what happened. So she's saying thereafter, when Nabi Karim Salaam thought I had fallen asleep, He took his shawl very very gently, his upper garment and he wore it. One ta'ala ruwaydan. Now she's highlighting something. And then he wore his shoes very gently. Then he left the room. He opened the door, left the room, and wa'ajafal baba ruwaydan. He then closed the door again. Now, this must have been done in a very, very gentle manner for her to highlight it at every point. He closed the door very gently. So now she wanted to know now what's happening now in the middle of the night. He's leaving. Where is he going to? So she quietly also woke up and followed in the darkness. She could see now where he's heading to. She followed also. When she followed, she found he came to the Qabristan, to the graveyard, Jannatul Baqi. And then as he made dua and was about to leave, she quickly rushed back. And he came, when he reached, she had just reached before him. So he pretended to now just go to sleep. But she was breathing heavily still. So just to get to the core of the issue, Nabi Islam asked her what happened. So finally she expressed what happened. That I thought you were going somewhere, where are you going? So he replied and said, Well, Jibreel Ali Salatu Salam had come at this point in time and he gave me the instruction that I should go to Baqi and I should make dua for those who are buried in Baqi. It was late. I didn't want to disturb. I thought you were asleep. I didn't want to disturb your sleep. Who is saying this? The most beloved of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. 
the greatest of all the Anbiya and Rusul, the greatest of the creation of Allah Ta'ala, the Ma'asum Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, and he's saying it to who? To his wife. I didn't want to do something in a way that disturbs your sleep. Number two, if I woke you up and told you that I'm going to the Qabristan, you'd feel lonely and perhaps afraid. I'm gone and you're alone. Perhaps. So what the bottom line of all this was, to what extent of consideration? Number one, not disturbing the sleep. I get all kinds of things happening. Person is so busy watching some kind of whatever he's watching on his phone. Allah forbid if that is haram, it's completely haram. And if it's not haram also, you do your own thing. I, I need to do what I'm doing. So if your sleep is getting disturbed, it's up to you. And Allah's Nabi Islam is going where? He's going to the Qabristan. He's going to the graveyard. He's going on the instruction of Allah Ta'ala. Because it came by Jibreel Ali Salatu Salam. And he's saying, no, I shouldn't disturb my wife's sleep now. And then on top of that, how he goes about it, everything gently, teaching us how we open a cupboard and close it also is important. Sometimes a person likes to express himself. How? By banging doors. Nice to make his feelings known by slamming cupboards, by causing some commotion. But definitely those cupboards didn't do anything. Whatever our problems are, the cupboards didn't do anything. But that's how we express ourselves. But Nabi Akareem Salaam is teaching us at every step. Gentle conduct. And then the consideration. You must not feel afraid. I must be concerned about that as well. Person is sitting late hours, enjoying himself with his friends. What's going on at home? Who's afraid and who's not afraid? Or who's feeling lonely or not feeling lonely? What it matters to him? He must enjoy himself. He's having a grand time. He doesn't matter. Mind ignoring the calls so he doesn't have to say I'm coming just now. Doesn't matter that that gives further worry. That has something happened. It's now so late. And I get there, I worry about it. Now the complete total opposite of the Mubarak example that Nabi Karim Wasallam presented. Now when we are going to go on the completely opposite direction, where can we ever dream of that kind of home that existed in that small that when Nabi Karim Wasallam used to perform Tahajjud Salah and he needed to go into Sajda, then he would lightly tap the foot of Sayyidah Aisha anha, so she could get her legs out of the way so that he could make sajda. There wasn't even so much of space, like a musalla space aside from that. But that was a home better than any home on earth. That home was a home better than any home on earth. But it didn't even have so much of space that if one person was sleeping, another person had a musalla space to perform salah without anybody being in the way. But why it became a home? These kind of values, this high level of consideration, compassion, kindness, being concerned about the feelings of others. So now we sometimes say, well, it's all a one, one street traffic this. No, no, there's two streets. As mentioned, there's a second side to this whole topic, which is discussed in its appropriate occasions as well. But there's one further point for us in this, that as a husband, the husband is the head of the home. He has to, he's the driver. The driver has to keep his eyes on the road, he has to keep his hands on the steering. He has to remain very calm. Even if the passengers are jumping around, he has to stay calm. Because he's not calm, it'll be very dangerous for himself, for all the passengers. If the passengers are jumping around a little, it's not a good thing, but it's not so dangerous. 
Here I have to learn to tolerate it while driving and make sure everything is safe. Just to understand this in the light of one example from the Mubarak life of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an came to the house of his daughter Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. The noble wife of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now small little homes, mud walls or just one sack cloth as the door. So if there's something spoken in a little but raised voice, little but raised voice, it will be easily heard outside. Now when we speak sometimes about raised voices, generally anything we speak about, we'll want to understand it in the light of what we are accustomed to. So a raised voice for our understanding is something at volume 9 out of 10. That is just raised. And generally it is beyond 10 out of 10 sometimes. We're talking about something, maybe the norm might have been 2 out of 10, this went away to 3 out of 10. So Sayyidina Abu Bakr from outside the house, he overheard Hazrat Aisha speaking to Nabi Karim Wasallam in a slightly raised voice, which was totally out of the norm, meaning that she would never do this generally. But on that occasion, there was a slightly raised voice. But being the wife of Nabi Karim Wasallam, Abu Bakr didn't, couldn't tolerate this. When he came in, he started reprimanding her. Nabi Salaam is present. And he's saying, are you talking to Nabi Salaam in this manner? And then he sort of, as if he was going to slap her. Nabi Karim Salaam quickly intervened. And he prevented that. Any case, after a while, Abu Bakr left. Now when he left, what transpired thereafter? Nabi Karim Salaam, he says to Hazrat Aisha Ta'ala in a kind of, sort of teasing way, in a light-hearted way, you saw how I saved you from him. You saw how I saved you. You nearly catch it. So in any case, some days passed. This was just fizzled out. Some days later, Abu Bakr came again. And at that time when he came again, it was a very jovial moment. So again, on a jovial note, he said, last time you all made me part of your quarrel. Make me part of your happiness as well. Nabi Islam, welcome. Please welcome. What a wonderful home. Nabi Islam himself tolerated this little raising of that voice. He didn't make it an issue. He didn't say, don't you realize who you're talking to? No, no, no. This is in a different context. It is between spouses. He had given such kind of leeway in this, that if they wanted to say something sometimes, obviously there were limits to everything. They felt comfortable enough to say it. And Nabi Islam didn't take any offense to it. Now this is just one slight glimpse, a glimpse of a very, very slight, one, one incident only. We've just understood one, two incidents. In fact, this light-heartedness, this was the nature of Nabi Karim Salaam at home. This is how he conducted himself. In the last days of his Mubarak life, it was just the time when the final illness commenced. Nabi Karim Salaam came, he had gone to the Qabristan again, made dua for those who had been buried in Uhud, and he had come back home. And when he came home, Sayyidah Aisha, she was suffering from a very severe headache. As soon as Nabi Karim Salaam walked in, she expressed the headache that she, that I have this very severe headache. So to try to cheer her up in a bit, to lighten it a bit, Nabi Salaam in a light-hearted way said to her, that look, supposing if the inevitable happens, in other words, you're suffering such a severe headache, so perhaps you are worried that maybe your time has come. Supposing if this is the reality, if the inevitable happens, then really you are very fortunate that the Nabi of Allah is still present. He will take care of all the necessary. He'll make dua for you. In other words, then your passage to Akhirat is very, very easy, inshallah. You've got nothing to worry about. So now when he said this, she replied, okay, I see. I see you just waiting for me to go. And the day I'm gone, that same evening you will 
you will go to spend the time with one of your other wives. Now she said it also in a light-hearted way, in a way that is very, very, a very normal way where there's a healthy relationship. Nabi Wasallam at that time was suffering very severely with a headache as well. He said, really, you are complaining about your headache as if you are going, I have an extremely severe headache. And that was actually the start of the final illness. And some days later, Nabi Karim Wasallam left this dunya. But the point of the lesson for us is that Nabi Islam didn't take offense to this in any way. He took it in its in its context. Where this came from and how this happened, this happened because of this healthy relationship. Where this came from, this was the manner in which he he set the example. He set the example of how to give this good treatment, how to deal with one another in a manner with good akhlaq. Sometimes people say that this is like a one-way street. No. Sin, like he throws a ball at a wall, that ball must come back to him. But there's one condition in it. It must be inflated properly. One tennis ball or something, he threw it at the wall, it'll come back to him. But the condition is it must be inflated, it's not flat. Akhlaq, that good treatment that we give to others, but with one condition, for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, with ikhlas in it. There is no way that it cannot come back. The good treatment that is given to others, not tomorrow, it will come back. And that good treatment will then be from both sides. That good akhlaq will be from both sides. But in the, the essential point that we were discussing is that the beautiful example that Nabi Karim Wasallam left behind for us in every aspect of life, among that, how to be a good husband. These were just some small examples. These are meant to just make us want to go and study his Mubarak life, study his Mubarak seerah, learn about the beautiful example that he left behind for us and emulate this beautiful example. This is where our success is in every aspect of life. Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'awana alhamdulillah.